From the University of Alberta Alumni Association, it's What the Job. I'm Matt Ray. People are going to ask you to do stuff. Like, I think if, you're, if you've kind of thought about what you're passionate about and you're following your values, things will come your way. And being open to those things often is the way that you, you find what you feel like you were always meant to do. On this show, I talk with Lana Cuthbertson. Lana is the Director of Strategy for Customer Experience and Banking Operations at ATB. She's also the chair and co-founder of Parity YEG, a nonprofit dedicated to achieving gender parity in politics. Lana and I talk about the value of having a soundboard of good mentors, finding your passion in the job you're doing, and the importance of being open to opportunities. So what's your name and what's your job? Uh, my name is Lana Cuthbertson, and I have to like beat it out on the table now to say my title. It's Director of Strategy for Customer Experience and Banking Operations at ATB Financial. And what do you do as the Director <laughs> of Strategy and Customer Experience? I don't know the right yeah, That's why it's like hard to, I've had to think about it in three parts. It's crazy. Um, so the Director of Strategy part is a really interesting job at ATB. There are a few of us around and it's really a more recent role. Um, It's been described to me like sort of a chief of staff role, and people know that from the political world. So if you think about a politician as a chief of staff, these days, um, some, some of our senior leaders and senior executives at ATB have a similar type of person. Usually they're called a director of strategy. And depending on what the business area needs, they'll do, and what their backgrounds are, they'll do different things. So, um, the two business areas that the executive I work for leads are customer experience, which is our digital software product management area, and banking operations, which is like the core of the bank. Um, in my mind, it's like the visual I have is from the movie Titanic, where they're shoveling coal into the boilers. Like it's very much cooler than that, but uh, <laughs> but that's kind of it's like so foundational. It's like the energy of the bank. Okay. Um, and my background is in communications. I say I'm a communications professional, and so I bring a lot of that lens with me to my role um, in the director of strategy role. Is it about coming up with like messaging for them or? A little bit, yeah. So um, another way to describe it is it feels like often sort of four jobs. Okay, that's <laughs> uh, why the title's so long. Yeah, exactly, kind of right? It's like way too long. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> so when I first started this job, uh, I sat down with my boss, the executive who kind of runs the business areas, and he drew some circles and one of them was communications, one of them was operations, and the other one was something he called the office. <laughs> um So I kind of do a mix of all those things and there's a lot of like partnership work in those areas. So I'm not the communications team, I'm not the operations team, I'm not like the office team, but I do little connection bits of work uh, with all of those teams um, in our business areas at ATB. Uh, So that's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it, uh, when I first started, my boss said, okay, I want you to kind of do what you were doing in your last job, which was like a change management reinvented type role. <laughs> All these made up jobs at ATB. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a lot of what I did in that job was um, just went and talked to team members to find out how how their experience was, what they were doing, and what could be improved Um to make things run better. And so I did that with our customer experience area at first and 
developed a, a strategy out of that for what I would sort of lead the change on and tackle. And the trick there is that because in the first instance, you kind of heard that I'm not necessarily directly responsible for doing things. <laughs> um, so a lot of the strategy was, okay, I'm going to have to work really closely with a lot of different people to see if we can move the needle. I hate that cliche, but there it is yeah. on lots of different things. Um, and then uh, the third piece is is actual strategy stuff, which is, I love that. It's mm-hmm. really, really fun. Um, so uh, my boss as an executive, a lot of his time is, um, taken up by a million different things. So I'm kind of like his second, <laughs> uh, if he can't be part of a certain committee or, uh, be part of a certain strategic project, I get to kind of stand in and, and contribute in that way. Uh, and also help facilitate some of the strategic planning, um, that needs to be done for his portfolios. So when, he took on our banking operations portfolio. I was uh, the facilitator for a lot of our strategic planning sessions, which was just so fun. Um, And then there's like a leadership component as well. So I lead a team of people uh, who help me do all these little things (laughs) and uh, have some of their own strategic initiatives. So as we build our own strategy of what needs to be done, um, they'll end up on certain projects depending on kind of where we're at so it's it's a crazy job it's it sounds vast yeah it's yeah it's too much how do you <laughs> how do you stay on top like, i don't i don't oh, oh wow. yeah i'll show you my calendar <laughs> well what um yeah it's so it sounds just like there's so much stuff going on in yeah. this one job normally i just i don't know i just imagine jobs are more streamlined but how mm-hmm. did you end up with a job that's so multifaceted or mm-hmm. touches so many parts mm-hmm. of the bank i was asked it's really funny my volunteer work is with uh, encouraging more women to run for political office. And often we say women need to be asked to run for office. You know, if you know a woman who's involved in her community is a real leader in this or that area and ask her to run for office. And I ended up in this job in that same way. My current boss came to me and said, Hey, do you want to come do this job? (laughs) And kind of pitched it. And uh, I said, yeah, sure. That would be really interesting. So, um, and and that that was really a result i think of working at atb for about 4 years in a couple different roles um and just getting involved with lots of the different strategic initiatives happening across the company it's a great place to work that's a little plug <laughs> uh, because for that reason because there's so much opportunity there to you know as long as you're getting your day job done um see what else you can get involved in so i I I was involved in a, a couple really interesting um, strategic projects that I think just brought me into a bit of a sphere of like a, a network at ATB that mm-hmm. landed me in the place I'm in now. So it was sort of like you just saw opportunities there, you got involved with them and then people... Mm-hmm asked you to do more things yeah and now and soon you'll do everything soon i'll be running the whole thing don't tell curtis (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah Um, can you think of like because your job is so multifaceted what are the sorts of skills that you think you use the most at your kind of job Mm -hmm. it's interesting um so my career has been largely grounded in communication so i have a journalism background and have done some like classic sort of communications type stuff that has really helped me in this role. But at the same time, um, I was really lucky early, early on in my career. 
Um, and this is a plug for the U of A now. Just <laughs> so, plugging everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to work at the University of Alberta Students Union in student group services. And I had a boss in that job who really valued leadership as a concept to understand and practice and think about. And the more I got into my career, the more I realized not everyone had that opportunity. That was actually quite a rare opportunity. So leadership has been so critical and pivotal for my career as well. And, um, you know, it, it comes from a, <clears throat> a place of everyone can be a leader. What leadership means to me, um, it, it means how to com- like sort of small C communicate well with people, how to have difficult conversations, um, how to boost up your peers and everyone around you to bring the whole team up together, um, how to how to help everyone see where they can lead from whatever position they're in. And <clears throat> I don't know if that sounds sort of cliche, but I think that's been not only critical to the job I'm in now as a as a skill that I continue to build, but in all the jobs I've had. So it's like a it's the soft skill. And I was just thinking earlier today how valuable my arts degree has been as well, mm. because and I just think that'll be more and more valuable um, as as we evolve into this world of technology and robots and artificial intelligence and how quickly jobs are changing and um, being able to think critically and uh, adapt quickly to your changing circumstances. And like as, as quickly as technology changes, those sort of human things um, are become more and more important. Yeah. You talked about soft skills and mm-hmm. you talked about, um, when you're talking about leadership as a way of understanding leadership and understanding it, maybe on like a almost a philosophical level, I think it's interesting. You start with an arts degree, and then naturally now you work at a bank. That seems to be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not yeah. not quite a path. But mm-hmm. when you started in arts, where did you think you were headed? I had no idea. I yeah, had no idea. Yeah, absolutely not a clue. And I was kind of okay with that. Like I didn't really have a, a panic moment about that. I sort of figured it would it would become clear. <laughs> And it still hasn't really, but uh, but I really love what I'm doing. So yeah. And but you went and you went from arts to journalism. Mm-hmm. And would mm-hmm. you? I guess you did become a reporter. Mm-hmm. Were you thinking that would be your career or? Um, no. Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, I knew I wanted to do a graduate degree. I've always loved school. Um, so I did my undergrad, sort of always knowing, okay, I'm going to do some kind of graduate degree. Uh, applied to both master's degrees in English and in journalism and um, decided to do journalism just for to kind of round it out a little bit I hadn't I hadn't volunteered at the gateway or anything like I really I really should have explored that more but I knew I loved writing and I knew I loved sort of current events and politics and things like that so I figured okay add up the pieces and journalism seems to sort of like one plus one equals two. It makes sense, right? Um, and I got into journalism school and the first semester was really hard and t- wasn't sold on it at all. Um, the second semester was way more fun for me. We did radio and like broadcast TV journalism at that point, And I really liked that. And then just really enjoyed the second year, but still had an idea that like this probably wasn't going to be the career that I pursued solely forever like it just felt like I still didn't want to choose and that's I've always had a hard time choosing like I did all three sciences in high school and like (laughs) went and did a general arts degree because it had the most options of different things you could do and it wasn't as prescribed as a lot of the other programs and um 
did journalism because basically you get to learn about everything by asking all sorts of experts questions and just asking people about their lives. And um, I I still have such a like a thirst and an interest in such a broad range of things. So maybe that's why I'm in the job I'm in today is I just like to be involved in everything. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's more fun that way. It's interesting how it seems to you that that's become a skill. Like you've, mm-hmm. you've mobilized your vast interests and mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, your interest in people and now it's part of what your job. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel pressured that you need to focus on just one thing and do that one thing? Or did you think it would all work out? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, focus is a really, a really key question for me because I think about it in a certain way, and it is really, really important in a certain way, but not in the way that um, maybe people, other people think of it typically in like a career path. So I was never too worried about focusing on a specific certain career. Like I, Mm -hmm. you know, becoming a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer always felt same, even journalists like felt prescribed, too prescribed. Um, But at the same time, I found it to be really important in my career to focus narrowly on as a strategy almost in order to make an impact and make a difference. Um, and I learned that through my volunteer work, which I'm now trying to bring more into my into my actual paid job. Um, with my work in women in, with women in politics, we would do strategic planning sessions. We still do that. And uh, it, it, we have to ruthlessly prioritize because we're all volunteers and there's only so much time um, to, to do things. Okay. What are the highest, the three things we can do that are going to have the highest impact and be the most efficient. And you have to say no to so many cool, important things in order (laughs) to do that. And it really worked for us. And so I now need to bring that more into my current job, because as you mentioned, it's like, it's kind of scattered and everywhere right now. So focus in that way is really important to me, but it maybe isn't like the typical way that you would think about focus. I wasn't critiquing your job when I said it was scattered <laughs> and all over the place. That's no, like a sensitivity I have. Is like that's what I heard when you said that. I'm like, oh, he's right. I gotta focus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just here to ruin people. That's basically what this podcast is about. No, I, I, my only point was just that I, I just wondered how you stay on top of it. But it also seems to suit your background. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to talk about your volunteering because mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in how you got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you seem to have something we talk about scattered interests, but you seem to have a pretty specific focus for your mm-hmm. volunteering. So mm-hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I it's yeah, I love I love this particular cause because it feels like it, it has the potential to have such a big impact. So um, I have a particular story that I that I tell to describe how I got into this this world of women in politics. So I was working, my summer job during undergrad was at uh, Volunteer Alberta. And my boss had gone to a conference in Ottawa and brought back a stack of business cards for me to input into our database. Like that was sort of my 19 year old job (laughs) data entry. Um, And one of the business cards was of the chair at the time, I think, of an organization called Equal Voice, which is a national organization dedicated to electing more women to political office. And I just remember that moment because something sort of went like, yep, that's what I care about. Just felt very simple. It wasn't like a big revelation. It was just like, yeah, that's that's what I care about. Yeah. Um, so I started a, a U of A chapter of Equal Voice and it was a huge failure. It was a terrible <laughs> thing. It was a, I didn't know anything about how to run a student group. It was just a real disaster. But um, at least it made me realize that I really cared about this cause. And for me, it's so important to have more women in politics, not just because it, it helps us as a society make 
better decisions when we have more diverse voices around decision-making tables like that. But because to me, it's such a key cornerstone in uh, the the fight for gender equality as well. And we know how positive an impact gender equality can have on society. So it, it feels like it feels like the solution to everything in my mind. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got into it that way. But I would say that um, really my mom was a huge influence on me growing up. She was a real like citizen of her community and was always kind of bringing us to all sorts of stuff. And um, she was part of something when I was growing up called the Kindergarten Committee when the Ralph Klein government decided to cut kindergarten funding. Uh, she and four other women... Um, like these powerhouse women uh, got together and formed this committee. And, you know, I remember it mostly as a kid going over to all these friends' houses and I played with the kids, but I knew that there was a kindergarten committee meeting going on. And that just had a huge impact on me seeing these women fighting for something that was really, really important. And I think that's probably maybe the root of why I care about what I care about. Do you ever think about running yourself? Yes, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> this is the campaign launch, yeah, by the way. Yeah, by it? the way, I'd like to announce my candidacy. Let's plug. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think um, I I will run for office at, at some point. Um, I've decided not quite yet. I get that question a lot, as you might imagine, so I've had to come up yeah. with a decent answer to it. And all you can say at this, you can't, I can't see anything, but but yes. Um, <laughs> but no, I would, I would like to run for office at some point and... Um, It'll just, you know, I, oh man, I have this conversation with so many women and they're like, well, I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. And you're like, it's never the right time. Just do it. So anyway, that's the, that's my, you've heard the voices in my head talking out loud now. And Maybe that's, somebody, so that's how it's going. Somebody needs to ask. Right? Yeah. Okay. Right? Hey, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I just think it's curious because you know, some people prefer to be just strategy, just in the background, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, planning it out. It would be interesting for you to be in both roles. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I would be curious to know, we'll do a follow-up interview in Great. Like, you know, years. <laughs> We'll find out what it was like. But going back to your to volunteering, I'm interested in what ways your volunteering has influenced your career decisions and in what ways maybe career has influenced your volunteering. Great question. They I talk about this a lot because it's felt like they've really gone hand in hand. I've I've and I didn't really plan it that way, but it's been really, really important. Um to to bring learnings from each thing into the other thing. So as I learned a lot ATB is a great place to work because you can learn so much so as I learned more and more at ATB I was able to bring those things over to Equal Voice and to Parity YEG and sort of test them and like in a real environment Um, and then as we learned lessons with Parity YEG I've been able to bring those back over to ATB and it's been a really cool cycle um, of learning and testing and trying um I just I'm part of a leadership group leadership learning group at ATB and we recently read an article I think by Peter Drucker a part of a collection called managing yourself (laughs) and one of the pieces of advice in this article it's from way too long ago it's kind of outdated but I thought it was interesting one of the pieces of advice was okay like at a certain point in your career make sure you find another interest Um, because it's really important to kind of have your career, but also be building this other interest. And I thought, yeah, that's exactly kind of what this is. And, um, it also feels like almost the new, the new way of working to me, the new 
way of careers. Like some people describe it, one of the kind of colloquial terms these days is side hustle. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everybody likes that. I don't really call what I do a side hustle, but um, so, you know, that's a way to describe it. And it feels like uh, almost the way it it feels like a really, it feels like an important way that I've started to build my career and something that is in the zeitgeist a little bit as well too and it's interesting to me too because you know when i think side hustle i think well this is another way to make money mm-hmm. um you don't really think of it as a way to build skills you seem to be talking about it almost like there's a, a sort of like laboratory effect where you can you can practice things here and then mm-hmm. apply them you know from your from volunteerism to the mm-hmm. job and otherwise mm-hmm. um when you got involved in volunteering did you seek out groups or were you like obviously you had a cause and i know you tried something at u of a but mm-hmm. were you seeking up groups that were like minded causes and you were just passionate about getting involved with them i'm just curious for people who are like oh maybe i should get involved with volunteering mm-hmm. um yeah I, w- I would i would say it was less of like seeking out groups for me and it, maybe it was a little bit more organic but i like i did seek out a particular group and you know reached out to the the leaders involved when i kind of got back involved in that group and said hey are you looking for board members and they happened to be looking for board members so um it worked out well for me. We, you know, at Parity YEG, uh, love to hear from people who are interested in the cause and interested in getting involved and volunteering. Um, and I know that's true for almost every nonprofit out there, <laughs> uh, you know, looking for people. So um, it, for me, it's like there is a bit of a, a a hard process that I think everyone, no one's ever done going through it, but it's figuring out, and this is such a cliche. I remember hating this advice when I was in university, but like figuring out your values and your passion (laughs) and figuring out how to apply those things. And that's probably the harder thing to do because I think once you do that, it just becomes much clearer and easier to, to figure that out. And I remember like getting that advice, like follow your passion. Well, like, in my mind as an as an undergraduate student i was trying to map my passion to a, a a job title and that's just not the reality like it's kind of a different or where i'm at right now it feels like a different thing like finding your passion is more about finding your passion no matter where you are or what you're doing it's and that kind of just leads you places it makes decisions easy and i never thought i would be working at a bank um with an arts degree but that's kind of just where where things wound up. No, but it, I mean, it makes so much sense. And I think for arts, you were talking earlier about soft skills mm-hmm. and about the uh, you know evolving job economy and mm-hmm. the rise of AI, mm-hmm. uh, people forecasting how many careers that will eliminate mm-hmm. and the nece- necessity of using soft skills. In what ways, when you are working in your various jobs, do you think that your education and your background in like say journalism or arts Mm -hmm. comes into play in those jobs even though they might seem different yeah um the areas i work in at the bank right now one of them banking operations is a prime candidate for automation it's like when you hear about robots taking jobs like this is this is where it's happening (laughs) in banking operations at atb that's not entirely true but it's like it is changing things and I often think that the soft the soft skill that is most valuable by far and most important in not just for me but for a lot of people kind of playing in this zone right now is just the very basic fact that doing all that education made me really good at learning. 
it just teaches you how to learn efficiently. Like, and it's almost the same thing as leadership. I didn't really realize how much of a skill that was and how much of a a rare skill that is until you're kind of deep into different jobs and things. But if you have figured out how to be quite efficient at learning, and and you have if you've gotten through an undergraduate degree, um, that's going to be more and more and more valuable because so much of work is going to have to be learning new things and unlearning old things. You're talking about all your career path and everything. Has it always been just like a smooth one thing to the next thing to the next thing? Or did you ever feel like I'm really stuck here and I don't know what I'm going to do? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> it, it has not been smooth and I have definitely felt stuck. <laughs> um, I've kind of like communications I sort of see as my straight, straight line straight line down um and there would have potentially been a path where I could have just kind of gone you know one thing to the next found a communications ladder and climbed it somewhere or in a few different places and just kind of done that like that might have been maybe a little bit more straightforward but my I've kind of alternated almost between like straight up communications jobs where you're doing kind of your your typical like writing and storytelling and media releases and like intranet blog posts and things and social media and all that stuff. Podcasts (laughs) as one exact, totally. And I love that stuff. Um, But I've kind of alternated into other different types of roles. Um, Almost in times, probably those have been the times when I've felt a little bit more stuck. And of course, those have been the times that have ended up being the greatest opportunities or led to the greatest opportunities. Um, and it's it's hard because I often think like, am I destroying my career? Like, am I going too far off a path? You know, like, how is this going to, how is this going to end up? Or how do I make this decision? Or should I just take this chance? And is this for me? And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. And you kind of figure it out and go from there. And it's like, it's not a straight line at all. It's more like an S curve with loops and you're going backwards and forwards and it's all over the place. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it, I think. And how do you, you know, muster the courage to make that change? Because a lot of people, I think, would prefer it for their own anxiety to to have a ladder, to Mm -hmm. have a direct, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to, yeah, start as junior communications associate and I'm going to climb to director of communications or mm-hmm. something like that but mm-hmm. what about people who have other interests mm-hmm. how do they find you know the courage or the opportunities to deviate yeah it does take courage and I, I, everyone kind of I think probably has to find that courage in their own way and in their own spaces and for me um, it comes from having a strong foundation of supportive people in my life I think is part of it Um in a handful of people who I can go to who are either family members or friends or mentors um, who I can say like, yeah, what do you think about this? And (laughs) it helps to have a mix of people with strong opinions and not so strong opinions. (laughs) Um, And then I also have kind of started thinking about like, do I have a, what is the thread that ties what I do together? Or what's the thread that I want to bring into what I'm doing, no matter what it is. Um, And, continuing to think about that and develop that also helps with decision making and with finding that courage um and for me the concept of voice is guiding for me um it's sort of you know broadcast journalism communications interviewing other people helping them find their voices equal voice 
uh, I also sing in a choir. That's my passion. So like, wow. right? So convenient for <laughs> my communication skills. It's like, I just need one <laughs> word. Um, so, I mean, it's not obviously as straightforward as that, but uh, that does help me often um, when I think about how to make decisions and uh, what what the guiding principle should be. Your path has gone not in a, it doesn't seem like you planned this all out well in advance. Do you think about, other than, you know, running at some point, do mm. you think about the future and what you'd want to be or, or what you want to do? Or mm. do you just think, I'll just keep following wherever my passion takes me? I think about it a lot for sure. It it feels like I've got a, a little bit of both um, planning and being open to opportunities. Like, um, you know, if... And I think about this, um, one of our board members uh, at Parity YEG, her name's Racky Pancholi. She was just elected as an MLA for um, Edmonton White Mud. And uh, she joined our board about a year ago as the vice chair of governance. She's got a great career as a lawyer. Um, and someone asked her to run a few months ago and she was not planning on it. Like that's the whole thing about women in politics. They need to be asked like, I would say in in circumstances like, and now she's an MLA and she's, you know, people are going to ask you to do stuff. Like, I think if you're, if you've kind of thought about what you're passionate about and you're following your values, things will come your way and being open to those things often is the way that you, you find what you feel like you were always meant to do. And I like Racky's story because it just feels like she's right at that point in her journey. Um, and it's just, for me, it was obvious, like she was going to join the board and then we were all going to convince her she needed to run and she was going to run. And like, she was politically involved from 20 years old. She's like, she's an obvious candidate for office. Um, but you know, like not everyone, sometimes when you're in your own head, it doesn't seem that clear. So there, there are influencing factors, I think in our world and in your community. And if you're kind of following your your heart in some ways that's a, another cliche um that it's it, okay yeah <laughs> you're not a journalist anymore. yeah right you don't have to worry about it <laughs> it's like i've got this cliche meter or something or like a, a radar what's the word for it well um, this is an advice podcast it wouldn't be yeah. one without cliches yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it, just in terms of thinking about if you try if you trace the the lines of your your i guess job path and your career path to where you are now what do you think are the a couple of the key moments where things turned? Can you? This might be hard to grab that off the top of your head, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, going to Ottawa and doing a master's degree was a really key thing to have done. That was really. I'm glad I did that. <laughs> um, starting to work at ATB. ATB has been I, an an amazing place to work. What an incredible! I feel very lucky to have had opportunities that I've had at ATB. Finding, and that was again like kind of listening to some suggestions a mentor and a friend were had both just started working there at a kind of critical time in ATB's I'd say recent history and that's when I applied for a job there and ended up working there and that's just been really pivotal so having kind of being open to that was really important um I would say also in my volunteer world uh the the committee of people who had been on the board of Equal Voice, our our local chapter here, when we kind of decided to pivot and and start Parity YEG, that was a really important moment and a really like glad we did that. 
The last thing I want to talk about is mentorship. You mm-hmm. mentioned it right there. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what mentorship has meant to you and how it's helped you and how you've maybe helped others? Mm-hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is my role as a mentor with the Peter Lougheed Leadership College at the U of A. Um, and that's just been a recent thing I've done. It's been a really great experience to talk to students, um, to take advantage of some of the the learning opportunities that I've had through that program as well with coaching and things like that. Um, it's really given me a different lens on the mentors that I've had who I didn't even realize were mentors for a while. Um, and then being able to go to them and be like, Hey, I, I know how to use you more strategically now. <laughs> That's what I like to say to the people in yeah, my life. Totally. As long as you're honest about it, it's like, if you want to continue this relationship, I will be manipulating you. <laughs> um, but it's been really important. Like I, you know, I've had a couple of really key mentors who have been a very important guiding force for me in a lot of different ways. And in some of those pivotal moments that you just asked me about, they've been there. They're like somewhere in there. Um, mm-hmm. Even just thinking about running for office, some of those same people, you know, I've talked to about that decision and kind of when that should happen and what that might be like and I'm sure there'll be a point where that will that will be a really important conversation again um and I also find that like it takes work also to maintain a mentorship relationship like a lot of the stories I hear are um so for example at ATB um one of the ways that I like to bring my personal kind of passions into my work, uh, we've got a women in leadership program and I helped to start our women in leadership mentorship program at ATB. And some of the feedback that we get from that program is, oh, well, my my mentee never contacted me, even though we were partnered up. It's not very often that happens, but it does happen. And you think, yeah, like it, it takes effort to sort of get together and just have a conversation and set up the time. And, you know, it's calendar work to to do that. Um, so that's the other thing about mentorship is that it should be treated like a relationship in the way that you work on and kind of turn into a practice the relationships you value. I think it's time to do the lightning round. Oh, great. As always, the lightning round is brought to you by TD Insurance. We're just going to ask you some questions and... Uh... Hopefully you have some answers. Have you ever been fired? No. Knock on wood. (laughs) When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I had no idea. I drew a picture in grade three of me being a teacher because it was the only job I knew about because I was in school and there were all the teachers. Um, (laughs) But I didn't know. Uh, When you started university, did you? Also had no idea. Not a clue. Still don't know. Not surprised. (laughs) Um, What advice do you have for someone who feels like they're in a career rut? Get out of it, man. <laughs> Try a new thing. Case closed. I think we can put a wrap on this podcast. It's over. Just get out of it. What do you What do you think you would be doing if you weren't doing the job you're doing now? Probably like communications <laughs> um, or like I might be a journalist. I might still be figuring out how to be a journalist. I don't know. It's funny. I can't really imagine doing something that I'm not doing now. If you could go back in time and talk to yourself just after you finished your undergrad, what would you say? Believe in yourself more. I just didn't, I was, had the biggest imposter syndrome I'd ever had when I went, when I finished my undergrad and went to do my master's. And I just kind of think like, what would I have 
Would I have seized more of the opportunity of that graduate degree if I had been a little bit more confident or a little bit more, a little bit less worried about being the the worst one in the class? Do you, do you find you still have imposter syndrome or have you uh, climbed that? Because it's hard to do. I mean, I still feel it. Yeah, yeah, totally. The asking questions, the admitting that you don't know everything and approaching everything from a lens of what can I learn from this have really helped. And it's taken a long time to learn those lessons just through my career so far. Thanks for being on the show today, Lana. Um, before we end, could you just for fun list off all the different jobs you've had at ATB? Cool. Okay. I mean, some you're going to notice like as time goes on, they get weirder and weirder. So I started as a communications specialist. Then I was a communications manager. Then I was a senior manager, comma, spark. Then comma, I, spark. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, not like the word comma, like the, like no, the punctuation yeah. comma. But what's Spark? <laughs> uh, it was our like reimagined change management team okay. at ATB, yeah. Uh, and then my current role has evolved from director CX strategy, so customer experience strategy, into director of strategy for CX, customer experience, and banking operations. Thank you. That was so fun. Yeah, That's thank you so much okay. for, for chatting Sorry. with me about... <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, thanks. They're great. This was a really fun experience. Yeah. So I still don't know what your job is. But... <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to this episode of What the Job. And thanks so much to our guest, Lana Cuthbertson, for coming on and sharing her career experience. And a reminder, if you're looking for a way to connect with your UAlberta community for networking, mentorship, or volunteer experience, why not check out UAlberta Switchboard at uab.ca slash sboard. It's free to use and full of great opportunities. That's it for this episode. For What the Job, I'm Matt Ray. See you next time.